All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. It's finally draft day in Nashville. Everything is happening. Every GM is going to be buzzing on the floor looking to make moves. Uh, probably except for Ken Holland. Let's get into it with the lead. The lead is that it's draft day in Nashville in Music City. Jason Greger, Tyler Rumchuk. This is Oilers Nation. Every day streaming live on the Nation Network YouTube where our boy Tyler Mulick is in and says was finally able to get in early enough for a first comment. Wanted to give you a thank you. for ah, Well, thank you for listening, Tyler. He also says, also, damn it, ask Frank about Anthony Mantha. I'll, we'll talk about Mantha for you in a second. Uh, we're live from the Sports Closet Studio, as always. Jason Greger's on the show all week for the Brick and Papa John. Shout out to the Brick, by the way. You want to upgrade your patio game this summer? Why wouldn't you? I keep forgetting how early in summer it is. We've had such good weather in Edmonton from like an early point that it feels like it's already like July or August. Still tons of time left in the summer to upgrade your patio at the brick. Greg's, what's going on? Well, you're right about Ken Holland. I think order fans, this is only the second time in franchise history that they will not have a first round pick. The only other time was 2006. That's when they traded the pick for uh, Dwayne Rolson and went all the way to the Stanley Cup final. So they probably got their money's worth. And I think order fans are happy. They have Matias Ekholm, but it is going to be rather boring tonight. Like, uh, you know, I'll be wondering, uh, is, is uh, Ken Holland and the, and the team, how many guys are going to be having like solitaire? on their yeah. phone or are uh, doing something because you know, there's 32 picks. It's not like they would have the 33rd or 34th pick where you could say, well, maybe they'll trade up in the late first. Round. That's not happening. They have the 56 pick. The only story I think is a possible trade 
uh, today or tomorrow um, for the orders. I think it's probably more likely tomorrow, not a guarantee, but uh, probably more likely tomorrow when it comes to Kyler Yamamoto because the orders have to trade him. If they don't facilitate a trade by Friday morning, yeah. basically Thursday night, then he's got to go on waivers if you want to buy him out Friday. And you can put him on waivers for the purpose of – if it. The, the buyout period ends on the Friday, but yeah. you can actually put them on waivers that morning uh, for the purpose of a buyout. And away you go. Obviously, that's not what the orders want because even though the buyout's only 433K this year and 533 next year, that's still less cap space than if you can just trade them away. Right? I'm not yeah. expecting a big return by any stretch of the imagination. Right? Like Kevin Hayes got you a, a sixth rounder and you had to retain half, yeah. get, which I still I don't understand what the Flyers did in that. Um, that's really kind of all it is. I think the order is more so it's talking about what are they looking for in the draft? And, and I think all things are even, and you know, you, I hear the best player available. Sure. You want to take the best player available, but th- there's a shortage of right shots in the organization, uh, right shot puck moving defenseman after Evan Bouchard. There's not a lot. So I, I could see that being a position they look for, or, uh, Hey, you can never go wrong with another center, but I, I think they would that first pick, Unless there's somebody who falls to 56 that they're really high on, yeah. I think they're going to take a right shot. A right shot. What do you think about the idea of uh, them maybe trading down with 56? Ken Holland's traded down a few times yeah. during his uh, tenure as Oilers GM. I, I think it honestly is probably pretty smart. This is a deep draft. If there's a handful of players you like at 56, some teams willing to say, hey, we want to bump up 20 spots. We'll give you a late round pick too. Why not? Yeah, usually like if you're at 56, you don't want to fall back too far. So I could see them, you know, 56. Do they want to fall out of the second round? They want to go to 65, which would be the third round, or I think it is. Or is there, there might be one extra second round this year for compensation from someone. But either way, I don't know if they want to fall that far back. Yeah. And, and if you look at history, you can you can go back three or four spots and then you get a fourth rounder because they don't they don't have a fourth or a third or fifth. So yeah, I think when, when you do the math and the percentages. Your odds are if you have more draft picks, you're going to have a better chance of some of them panning out because you're drafting 18-year-old kids, a few 19-year-olds, but a lot of 18-year-olds, even the odd 17-year-old who's yet to turn 18 before September 15th. So I I think that's way more likely than trading up. But talking to uh, to Tyler Wright, he's he thinks there's some really good players in that range of 56. And so if, if one of the guys they really like is there, they're going to make the pick. Be interesting, but today, like you touched on it, if you're sitting there thinking, oh, maybe the Oilers get into the first round somehow, there's just, there's no path for it. There's no, no one on their no, roster they're not that, getting in it. that they'd be willing to move that merits a first rounder. I would be really surprised if we see any amount of breaking news tonight from the Edmonton Oilers, but that ties in to our Sherwood Ford giant offseason question in the month of June. There's only a couple of days left in the month of June as well. Sherwood Ford will be making a donation to the Strathcona Community Hospital Foundation for every test drive taken by you. The listeners, so head out to Sherwood Ford. Go test drive that new F-150 Lightning. It's pretty cool. I checked it out myself once. Go test drive it. All goes to a good cause. Today's giant offseason question is, well, with Edmonton not expected to do much, what is the biggest story you're watching at the NHL draft? Where is me? Where is Matt Vichkoff going? To me, yeah. we all know who's going number one. It's Bedard. And a lot of people assume Fantilli's going number two. And you can make an argument for it, but... Where is Meechkoff going to go? Um, I, I'd seen some rumblings uh, that, uh, you know, there's a chance the Ducks would consider him. And I don't think it's a massive reach, right? I don't think it's a massive reach. I think, honestly, if this wasn't a year where there was limited views, 
not, I, I think we'd be talking about him as an obvious number two yep. selection. So to me, Columbus, as of yesterday, they hadn't even interviewed him yet. So I don't think he's on their radar. Kekalainen told you on the DFO run. Yeah, he wants to take a center. franchise center. Yeah. So that would leave then the San Jose Sharks. And to me, like if the Ducks don't take him, and, and the Sharks don't, I'll be, I'll be like, what are they doing now? If the Sharks don't take him, then I think the Montreal Canadiens, I think they could trade down because I think there'll be some teams, Philadelphia, uh, maybe Washington, who would be looking to, uh, to move up. Um, and I don't know if, if Montreal is that high in them. That might be a mistake because I'll admit, this is a kid who's, who I'm very high on. I, now, granted, I haven't watched a ton of them. I'll be honest, but I've talked to a lot of people. I, and maybe it's, I'm, I'm putting too much on what I've seen from him before, but this guy was, he was just as good, if not better than Bedard when we saw them in a head to head tournament. I'm not saying he doesn't shoot the puck like Bedard, but he is, he's going to be powerful like this. It's funny because they're basically the same size player, right? Like Ovi and Crosby were not remotely the same size player, same skill set, Well, different skill sets really, but you know, both elite talents in their own right. Bedard and Michkov, I think are a lot closer to similar players and definitely they're both five ten, similar size. Yeah. Uh, Frank Saravalli has the Canadians' fifth overall pick at number five on his latest trade targets board. And uh, the reporting here from Frank says the Habs are spending Wednesday's lead up to the draft deliberating as many as five separate offers for the pick, mostly from teams looking to make a significant move up the board. Like, I, I think Philly is probably one of the teams that's calling them. We've oh, heard yes. They are very high on Matt Bay Mitchkov. If Mitchkov slips, he won't slip past seven. No. Philly will take him at seven or Philly will move up to take him or someone else will take him before Philly has a chance. So I think that right there is one of the things I'm watching is what does Philly do? Cause if they, they need to have a read on what San Jose, Montreal and Arizona are doing, cause they might need to, if they really want the guy, they might need to jump up to take him. So I, I would bet you they're one of the teams calling Montreal. I would bet you Vancouver is one of the teams calling Montreal trying to move up as well. We heard Alvin wants to try, but I don't think he has, no, I don't think he doesn't have the bullets to do it. You know who does though? is the St. Louis Blues. They got three first rounders, right? They've got number yeah. two. And, and if you look at the Blues and the makeup of their team, they're competitive next year. Mm-hmm. Right? They, they, you know, I thought they did a steal in the Kevin Hayes trade, right? Yeah. Kevin Hayes at 3.5 mil. I think it's a good contract. They've got Thomas and Cairo. So that they've kind of made their transition to their younger guys in the lineup. You draft Mishkov. No, he's not going to be there for a few years. But man, when Kevin Hayes' contract is pretty much done, boom. Mitchkoff slides in and not, they're not the same player at all. Don't even play the same position. But the point is, I think St. Louis is a team that if you want to entice, they, they, they have the most bullets of, of, like, if you look at Philly, Two other first round picks. Yeah. You look at Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like Detroit, maybe, but Vancouver definitely can't compete with that. So the St. Louis blues are a team. I, I would consider like Arizona. They, they pick six. They also pick 12th would, would they do it? They're not going to give up. They don't have to give up both of those picks to do it, but would they do it? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't get the sense from, uh, from talking to some guys around uh, Arizona, some guys who know more uh, better connections in Arizona than I have. So, but the St. Louis blues, as I was watching, they're the team and the Detroit Red Wings. So tie the one thing about the Red Wings, I'm, I still wonder if they might make a hockey trade for their pick and trade the pick because we've seen seven, eight, nine, those type of picks get traded for established players. Yeah. We've seen that lots of them go back to, you know, Jacob Voracek when he was drafted, uh, you know, you go back to uh, Corey Schneider, right? Uh, Vancouver did trade in the got Bo Horvat. Yeah. So, you know, we've seen those type of deals before. 
And I think the Detroit Red Wings, I feel they got to, they got to take a step here. And, and I wonder if, if that's something that can entice a few teams potentially to give up a player there and they can give them the ninth. I wonder about the Nashville Predators. They have the Oilers first rounder this year. They have a few prospects in their system. They also have two second rounders this year, three second rounders next year, three third rounders this year. They're picking at 14 this year. It would cost a lot to go from 14 to nine. But I wonder if that's maybe a team. Frank said teams looking to make a significant leap. Barry Trotz, first summer as GM, drafts in Nashville. The the storyline would be cool, I guess, is more of what I'm looking at. Yeah, potentially. Um, you know, I, I think last year because of uh, you know, Slavkovsky in Montreal, you know, it was like, hey, that was ideal. But um yeah, the Preds are I don't really know what direction they're going, to be honest. Like they've got how much money they got tied up in dead cap space over 6 mil next year. Right. So, yeah. and that's for a few years. Cause Kyle Turris is on the books for a long time and Joe Hansen's on for another few years anyway. So yeah, it's interesting about Barry Trotz. He's, he's made, he's shown he's not afraid to make some moves, but like do Preds fans, they're raucous already. Do they need to, Oh, for f- whatever they are, f- yeah. 14, 15, do they, do they have to be like, well, let's move up just to make a splash. I think if it makes sense, they do it, but I think the Preds, if I'm them, I'm holding on to my two picks because they really got to start replenishing. I, They're in purgatory. Yeah, they are. They're not good enough to compete, and they're not bad enough to get in the top 10. So I think they got to make both of their first-rounders count. What do we got going on in the chat here? I see Liam asked our listeners, what will be the biggest surprise tonight? Tyler Mulek is in and says it's going to be an Eric Carlson trade as the biggest surprise tonight. I just... I don't know. You hear a little bit about Florida potentially. I, it's just too difficult to look around the league and find clear cut fits for Eric Carlson. Frank had it at a 25% chance that Carlson gets moved at the draft or this summer. Uh, what would you put it at? Yeah, I think I had it at 25 when he asked me on the pod earlier. Yeah. So I look at, and it doesn't have to happen today because we've seen big trades hall suban those trades happened uh uh you know the the day after or, mm-hmm. or was even two days i think it was the monday right so yeah. two days after the draft in the, in the past so you you could do it free agency though what's different about this year is usually you have the draft and then you have five or six days before free agency starts we got the draft thursday and free agency begins on saturday so it's a lot more condensed and so i i do think carlson if he's not traded thursday it's got to be friday like i think teams want to make that deal before free agency because then they know what their cap situation is. Uh, Zaxon, he says the biggest surprise will be the Oilers announcing a Klim Costin contract. Oh man, as, as a Klim Shady supporter, I, I'm getting nervous about the way this is going. The more you kind of hear, the more it sounds like they're heading towards a split. Do you think the Oilers could get anything for his RFA rights? No, I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised because for a team now, they're like, Edmonton's not going to qualify him because they're worried about the arbitration. Yeah. So you got to qualify him by Friday. So you've gone this far. A team would be like, well, we'll just wait. And then we could just sign him as a free agent. Right. And, and not have to give up anything. And like claim cost. And it was a really good story in Edmonton last year. Right. He, he, he scored on a lot of his shots. Now he still did score three goals in the, in the playoffs. Had a couple of big ones right. in game six. against yeah. the Kings. So, you know, the thing about cost that I like is like, He's a one-shot scorer. He can shoot from distance and he can beat guys. That it's a hard skill to have. And he's physical and he's tough. Yeah. Right? Like Clean Cosson does not shy away. He in today's NHL, he's a very unique 
player because there's just not many guys who can shoot. And I'm not, he's not a top six forward, but and it, my, here's the other side of the ledger though, from Clem Costum. You've never really established yourself as an NHLer. This is the first time and it's 57 games. It's not two years. It's 57 games. Mm-hmm. And you got comfortable. You, you showed that you could play. Now you, you didn't play huge minutes. Right there, there's some defensive issues at times, which is fine. He's, he's still a young player, NHL wise, anyway. So, yeah, you're going to chase the money, and I guess he could go to the KHL. We've heard he's got some KHL. I always yep. wonder if they say, "Well, I got the KHL offers." As a Russian player, I'm sure he'll have some, but is that really where he wants to be? I know he's really close to his sister. She lives in California. Yeah. Does he want to be all the way over in Russia? I, I guess. Like, if we're talking, someone's going to offer him equivalent of two million. And you're only going to get a million one, then I can understand it, right? Like that's hey, money talks when it's that big of a difference. But if he ends up going to Russia and it's only for like 1.5 or 1.4, and he could have got 1.3 in Edmonton, then I'm like, what are you doing? That's probably not the best decision. So I said at the end of the season, I thought there was a very good chance Clean Costa wouldn't get qualified because teams have done it. They're fearful of what the arbitrator is going to rule like. And that doesn't mean that you can't resign him. And Clean Costa, you know what? I think this is a little bit of negotiating going on here too. Ken Holland kind of hinted at that yeah. uh, in his press conference that this is, you know what, when you don't have the arbitration bullet, all of a sudden now that weakens your leverage from Clem Costin's side. Now he is also a UFA, but on the UFA market, is Clem Costin going to command big dollars? Like, and when I say big for a, you know, for a bottom six forward, is, is he going to command 1.8, 1.9? Now it only takes one team. We saw Gabranza got four sheets Last year. So, yeah. you know, anything can happen, but I think Edmonton could really use Clem Costin, right? Like I think they had so much size, Bukestad, Costin, Fogel's big, McLeod's six, two, he skates well. Like they had a good mix down there. And if now you lose Costin, cause he brought something that none of the other bottom six guys brought, right? He brought in, he brought an emotional edge, a little bit of a, I, I think, a physicality and intimidation factor yep. and they don't have a lot of it. So, and there's not like there's guys on the market. Like I mentioned Max Comtois, who I had as a guy, I didn't think would get qualified because of 2.5 mil. And I think that's an ideal reclamation project. If I was the Edmonton order. So if Clem Costin leaves, I'd be saying, okay, Max uh, Comtois, you want to come in here for 1.2 or three? Cause I'll tell you if I'm Comtois, he's been in the NHL in Anaheim when they have been out of it before the season begins. Yeah. Right. He would probably love an opportunity to be on a competitive team. Yeah. I, my concern with Comtois is how engaged can he stay? Like it's tough to read. Is a guy like that on a bad team? So when there's those stretches where he's disinterested and you hear whatever happens or whatever's been going on in Anaheim, if you put him on a contender, does he snap out of that? Right. Mm -hmm. Does he become a better teammate? Does he play a little bit harder? Does he stay engaged for 82 games? That would be the question. With Comtois, six foot two, two hundred and ten pounds, he's a left shot. So yeah, I mean, he basically just be, replaces Costin, right? Yeah, could replace Costin. And, and honestly, because remember he got his contract mm-hmm. after he scored sixteen goals in the uh, the lockout. Sorry, the uh, COVID shortened season of twenty twenty one when they only played fifty six games. He was very good. He had sixteen goals in fifty five games that year. Yep, he's only scored fifteen the last two seasons in the in the last hundred and ten games. So mm-hmm. he's a guy now where you can buy low on the potential that, you know, now maybe people will say that the, that 21 season, that was the outlier, but for a million dollars, a million one to me, it's a good bet. Yep. And you might not even have to go to a million potentially he only scored nine goals last year. Like you might, you know, it's probably a million dollar player. I would think right. Six foot two can skate. There's at least there's an option like that's, 
Clayton Costin, I know fans loved him and I get it, but it's not like he's he's massively hard to replace. Mm-hmm. Right now, Comtois is not as tough as him by any stretch of the imagination, but he still plays a physical brand of hockey. He's just not as good of a fighter. If you had to choose who makes the Oilers better, in, like factoring the cap it, Costin at 1.75 or Fogel at 2.75? Like, because that could almost be the choice, right? Like, if you could dump Fogel, then you can give Costin a little bit more money. <laughs> True, but do you want to? Right. Yeah. Um, nope. So, so that's going to be their question. It's obviously two point seven five to one point seven five. I would, I would think it's going to be, you know, value probably costing yeah. for sure. Um, I still think Fogel. I'm still kind of perplexed why he's not on the penalty kill when he was on one of the best penalty kills for three years early yeah. in his career in Carolina. Like, it's especially still, the other penalty kill sucked for most yeah, of last like, season. I'm still. You could get more usage out of Fogel, yeah, and that makes it more valuable to your team. And and I know that's something he had a conversation with last summer with uh, Jay Woodcroft and maybe they have that conversation again. We'll see, but it's a good point. And I, I do know that Fogel's name, like, you know, there's a chance. What is he? 38, I think, or 39 on Frank's uh, trade bait board. Like mm-hmm. his, his name's out there. And I'll say this, like teams have interest in him. You're going to get more for Fogel than you are for Yamamoto at this point. Yep. It's not close. He's a little bit cheaper. He's also a bigger body. I think has proven he's a little bit more of a playoff performer than, than Yamamoto at this point. So, you know, th- there is some interest in Fogel, but like Edmonton, they finally got some bottom six depth. I don't think they just want to erode all the Bukestad's gone. Fogel's gone. Costin's gone. Now they do have Holloway, and I think he'll come in and be fine. But Edmonton, they're in win-now mode. I don't think they want to go into the season with multiple question marks in their bottom six. Yep. Totally. Um the chat actually seems to be pretty in favor of Fogel for that question. We'll throw a poll up there yeah. in on the Oilers Nation YouTube and uh, see what you have to say. If you had to pick one, Fogel at 2.75 or Costin at 1.75. Uh, there was a comment in here that gives us a good tie-in to our news desk. It's about the Kings and the Avs both getting better in the West. Our news desk is brought to you by Papa John's and Papa John's.ca. New butter chicken pizza, delicious. My favorite thing on their menu, though, Gregor, the garlic knots. I'll just, I'll crush a whole thing of just those with the marinara. Oh, code word Gregor gets 25% off. I I will say the, uh, the brownie dessert. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's pretty hard to beat. Frank Cervalli just wandered into the room. Breaking news yet, Frank? Okay. Frank, Frank has nothing. Frank says no. That was like one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I well, I got your notifications turned on. Everyone should have Frank Saravalli's Twitter notifications turned on. So you never, uh, never miss any of the broke, uh, of the breaking news. Uh, the Papa John's news desk. Here's what Frank Saravalli has been reporting on over the last 24 hours. To me, the most interesting one is actually that Ross Colton trade. One, he's a damn good young player. And two, I like the bit of work that Colorado's done here. You trade new hook, you get a couple of picks, you trade one of those picks, replace new hook with Ross Colton. I think you're borderline better, and you added a pick. You've basically traded New Hook for a first, the 31st, and Ross Colton. That's a That's good what bit you've of done. Work. Like it, yeah, they, they've upgraded now. It sounds like, and they've also got Ryan Johansson. Sounds like JT Confer is not going to be back. He's going to yeah. test the market. Um, now people say that LA's improved. Have they? Like, I'm not, I'm not sold. So you look at Ayafalo, Velarde, and Kapari. All three of those guys played in the playoffs. Yep. Right. As did Sean Dursey. So now there's four guys from your playoff roster that are gone, and you brought in Pierre Luc Dubois. So let's say Velarde's an RFA. And mm-hmm. even if Velarde gets four mil, which I'm not sold that he does, but let's say he gets four mil on his deal in Winnipeg. And Kupari's 
at most is getting a million yeah. at the most. So, and if it comes in less than that, the combined cap hit of those three is basically the same as the 8.5 for Dubois. So I'm not sold that LA is that much better. Is Dubois the best player of the, of the four? Yes. But how much better is he than, than Velarde and, and I follow like he's better, but yeah. now maybe he'll go to LA and be better, but I've looked at Dubois and I just feel like, I need more for like you paid him 8.5 sheets. He he's got to score way more. And where is he? Like, who's he going to play with? Cause there are some pretty skilled players in Winnipeg. Does he have a better winger than Kyle Connor? Nick Ehlers. Right. Like yeah. look at, look at LA's wingers are good, but now Fiala, I should say, but he's not as, he's not a shooter yeah. like Kyle Connor. Fiala actually right? might look pretty nice. Like they might be good there, but so I'm not, I don't know if I buy yet that LA, I got to see what LA does here in free agency mm-hmm. before I'm going to say that LA is clearly improved. Yeah. Uh, just taking a peek at uh, the, just their box cars from last year, 73 games for Dubois, 27 goals, 36 assists, 63 points. I believe that was a yeah, that was a career high for him. Yeah, as Velarde well. had 41. Yeah, and but he scored 23 goals last year. Yes. Um, five of them came on the power play, so 18 goals off the power play. That I, I think he's maybe being a little bit undervalued here. Like a six foot three forward. He's young. I know it, there's a part of it. Frank made this point on DFO Live that like, are you not just kicking the can down the road a bit? Because in a few years, Velarde might go. No, I'm not signing here. I heard, I think it is introductory Zoom. He made a joke, but I was girlfriends from so- from Southern California and maybe she's not too thrilled about the move. So like maybe there's a part of it from the Jets perspective where it's like, ah, you're just kicking the can down the road. But I mean, I, I the point is, I think Velarde's getting overlooked a bit. Oh, 100%. And as far as kicking the can down the road, like what are you expecting? They were going to trade for a young guy who had seven-year deal already? Like yeah. there's not many of those guys out sure. there. So you know, that, that was kind of the situation they're in. I considering everybody knew he was going to leave mm-hmm. in a year. He basically I, picked his spot. I'm, I'm impressed that Shevel Dayoff got what he did considering yes. he wasn't in a position of strength here. Yeah. Like LA, who were they bidding against when Dubois now he didn't have an old movement clause, but basically he was saying, Hey, if you don't trade me to a team, I want to go to tell that team I'm not signing there. Yeah. So, you know, LA, I thought they gave up a lot considering the situation. I thought Shevel Dayoff did pretty well. I'm curious to see what though he can do in the subsequent deals, specifically for Hellebuck and Shifley. Yeah, that'll be the interesting one. We haven't heard a lot when it comes to the Mark Shifley market. Um, or sorry, both both Shifley and Hellebuck. We haven't heard a lot about either of those two. Here's a headline that'll give Oilers fans maybe a bit of a chuckle. Rumors swirling that Milan Lucic could be going back to Boston when free agency opens on July 1. Uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise. Like, if Milan Lucic had a million bucks, no one's complaining. He's not a $6 million player. His cap hit was more of the issue than his actual performance, right? Like, if he, Milan Lucic can play, mm-hmm. he's still, if not the toughest, one of the toughest guys in the league. There's an intimidation factor there. And uh, if he scores, you know, nine, 10 goals as a million bucks for you and is physical. He's fine. And like, he's beloved in Boston. They love him there. They yeah. love him there. So that, that wouldn't surprise me at all. If he goes back and you know what, like Milan Lucic has made more than enough money. Mm-hmm. So he'll be like one of those veteran guys that we see across the league. Now, Tyler probably signing one year deals, million bucks, 1.1, that type of thing. Uh, Taves to Edmonton is in the chat says Shifley to Boston for Jeremy Swayman. I don't know how well the, the values line up there. Oh, you have to add more if you're Boston. Yeah. Um, what else is going on here? Yeah. Someone joked that yeah, Taylor Hall moved out. Lucic brought in. Remember the summer in Edmonton, Taylor Hall moved out. 
Lucic brought in a couple of days later. Kind of funny to see how those two lined up. Um, but yeah, it'll definitely huh. be like a $1 million deal and all of that. Like the whole thing was to sign a centerman or sign Bertuzzi. It's not like they were moving out money to sign Lucic. Uh, what was he on? No, Tyler Toffoli moved from Calgary to New Jersey. Third round pick, Yegor Sharangovich. To me, this is, and I sat in for the entire barn burner show in here. So I have a ton of insight on the Calgary Flames now. This is like an interesting look into how they might handle this offseason. They didn't go for strictly futures. They didn't go for strictly picks or whatever. They got a player who can slide into their lineup. I wonder if that's a blueprint they'll follow in a Hannafin deal and a potential Lindholm deal and things like that. They clearly want to keep the window open here in Calgary. Well, they have Calgary, they've got too many good players yeah. to. Like you would have to for them to go scorched earth, you got to trade a lot of guys, right? So they're I think Calgary was probably the biggest underachiever across league. And I will say that you can I think it's a little bit too easy to just blame Daryl Sutter for everything. Well, mm-hmm. Daryl Sutter is the re because I'm pretty sure Daryl Sutter was there the year before. Lots of guys had career years. Yeah. So now I get that he's hard to to play for sometimes. And there, you know, there was a lot of pessimism and stuff like that around it. So it wasn't a great culture. I understand all that, but you still got to be a professional. There's times in in your career where you're not going to be in the best situation. I thought Calgary had a lot of guys underachieve. So I would expect Hubert old to be a lot better next year. And, you know, so Calgary, could they bounce back? Yeah. They fully should be looking like Sharon Govich comes in. He's in their top nine for sure. Mm-hmm. Right now, we'll see what he gets as far as a contract goes, but it's going to be less than what Toffoli was making. So they clear a little bit of cap space in that regard, but they get younger. And Tyler Toffoli is another guy who had like a career year. So, um, and, and it's interesting, he got a career year, but it's not like, you know, Calgary was able to sell super high on him either, right? I think his age, um, and also like foot team, speed. teams look at him having a career year and they're not sitting there going, oh, we're going to, he's going to do it again, right? They kind of go, Okay, he's probably not popping home mid thirties again. He's probably going to be in the mid to high twenties next year. Like you're not paying the premium of a 30, 35 goal scorer here. Teams knew what they were getting. Yeah. Knew like, what last year was. Cause I know if you look just on paper right now, the, the six New Jersey top six guys, they all had 30 goals last year, mm-hmm. but Timo Meyer and Toffoli didn't play in New Jersey, right? Yeah. Timo Meyer came over very late from San Jose. Now, to have six 30 goal men on the same team. I'm just not sure there's enough pucks to go around for that to happen. Yeah. So, you know, somebody's going to be having a little bit of regression when it comes to their goal scoring as a group, simply because, you know, you're not all going to be in the same power play. It's impossible. Right. So where's the goal is going to come from. I, I could see to going backwards a little bit in the goal department. Um, but I also think that like, that's a trade where, of a lot of the trades lately, I think that's one that was the closest to being pretty even, and I see it of value for both teams. Yep. New Jersey gets an older player, Tyler Toffoli, who they think could probably help him more in the postseason. That They're a team now that feels like they want to take a step there. Calgary had to get rid of him. He told me he didn't want to stay. So you get a younger player who you have a little bit more control over, You know, adds a little bit more speed to your lineup. So that helps them. And you know they get a pick, and we'll see if, you know, if they make it good on the pick. We won't know for five years. Yeah. Uh, also, the New Jersey Devils today announced they've signed Timo Meyer to an eight-year extension, $8.8 million. That makes him the highest-paid player in that Devils forward group. So they gave him more money than they gave Jack Hughes, which I found a little bit interesting. Also, well, they had to. Hughes signed his contract a few years ago. Timo Meyer was getting that all day long. Yeah. Um, looking at the way this is split up here as well, there are some signing bonuses. So they have updated that. Oh, okay. You were wondering about that uh, a little bit earlier on. Timo Meyer gets an 8.8 
million dollar extension and we'll see what else the devils can get up to this summer right now cap friendly has them projected at 10.2 million dollars in cap space they got nine forward signs there's a few pieces there they got to get done they got five d-men's you probably want to sign another d-men you got your two goalies and uh, Akira Schmid and Vitek Vanacek signed. I wonder if uh, they maybe look to upgrade between the pipes with some of that cap space they still have left. Yeah, well, they had the two young goalies. So. I don't think they need to. Like, I know they were rumored for Hellebuck, but like, I I think that Akira Schmid's good. Like, why would you not? Well, uh, he's not as proven as Hellebuck, right? Like, if, yeah. you, if you're getting Connor Hellebuck, uh, I would take Connor Hellebuck. Fair. Although, yep. I'm very curious about what his extension is going to look like. Right, that's a, a fascinating one for me. You look at his age and, and everything at that position. So there's not a lot of goalies who age as well as other positions, right? Mm-hmm. It's just because you talk to Kevin Woodley and other goalie guys, it's harder to play the position now. It just is. There's more wear and tear on, on your body. So you know what? Uh, you want to pay the guy big bucks? Okay, but you got to realize that he might only be playing 50 games, 45 games, because the numbers would back it up that in a lot of cases, like, 55 might be like the the uh, the sweet spot for a lot of the starting mm-hmm. goalies moving forward. A lot of people are saying, oh, he'll get the Vasilevsky deal, 9.5 million. The difference was Vasilevsky signed that four years ago. He was 24 years old. You were paying a premium yeah. to get the best prime years yeah. of Andre Vasilevsky. I know goalies primes can extend a little bit longer, but I wouldn't, I would not go to the nines for Hellebuck if I was another GM. It's got to be way lower than that. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah going on in the youtube chat uh while i sit and scroll through there i got to give some love to our friends at star mechanical star mechanical.c you talk about the deep crop of prospects built with this draft how about the deep crop of plumbers that star mechanical has on staff 50 plumbers and gas fitters 35 of which are red seal journeymen that's like the red seal journeyman that's like the first that's a top 10 pick in the plumber game i know the plumber game gregs you want to have a red seal journeyman trust me on that uh do Dave, you know the plumber game because you fix your toilet once my dad's a plumber Oh, yes. Yeah, my dad oh. runs his own uh, plumbing oh, business too. Go. And uh, so, I, did you did you ever like intern at the plumbing store in the? Summer? A little bit, yeah. And I have speaking of Star Mechanical, there are, I think there are three Remchucks that work there. I got some cousins that work at Star Mechanical as well. Really? We're, I come from a family of plumbers. Family Grace. of plumbers. Yeah, there right, you go. Grinding it out. <laughs> you learn something new, and then yeah. I went. I went into the softest industry known to man, media. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dangerous weight is in, and he says the flat cap is responsible for this Oilers cap situation. There's some people in there that were talking about bad contracts on the Oilers. Blah 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 blah. I don't bring those up, but the flat cap. It's confirmed today. It's going to stay at eighty three point five. But, but how is this different for Edmonton than any other team? That's, That's an excuse. Yeah. Like, did ever does Edmonton the only team that four years ago was like, hey, well, you know what? We think the cap's going to go up, and all the other GMs were like, no, it isn't. We're all going to be <laughs> cap compliant. Of course not. It's like every team's in the exact same boat with this, and thankfully, this will be the final year of it. Yep. So, um, t- to me, that's. That's just kind of an excuse. You, you want to complain. I'm, I'm sure I know who the player is. They complain about the same one they complain about all the time. Yeah. So if, and, I, and I've, we've done the numbers, we've crunched all the numbers, everything. Hey, you're going to have some contracts on your team that for one year, the guy doesn't play well on it. If the next year he does, then you get too caught up in one year at a time for contracts. To me, you have to look at over the whole term of it. And so if Darnell Nurse is a million bucks overpaid, well, Leon Drysaddle, I'm pretty sure is underpaid. Based yeah. on his production. So it evens out. So look at it. 
to me, I just, I think it's too close-minded sometimes. Let's cherry pick the one contract I don't like, and that's the reason they're all screwed. But all the other good ones, well, you know, you should just have those. It's not always going to work out that way. Also, everyone wants to blame Holland, but I mean, I guess this is partially a Holland thing too, but like if you don't bridge them twice and you commit to the player, you get them at cheaper. Like that's kind of the way this works. UFA years are expensive. Okay, but keep in mind, the people that complain about Darnell Nurse um, not signing long-term, they didn't like his bridge deal at 5.5. They thought that was too high. What did you think you were going to sign him long-term for? It would have had to mean seven. And people were freaking out over 5.5 at the time, right? This is the first year in Darnell's history that he hasn't been equal or way above value for his contract. First time ever in his career. The other years, he crushed his contract. If you go look at his production and everything else. So I think there's a lot of uh, people that... The same ones whining about it were the same ones that were like, what? 5.5? They thought that was terrible. So you're not going to appease those people. And I think they're kind of missing the boat. You can crunch. We've crunched all the numbers numerous times. You should put those guys on 300 minute or 300 second timeouts. Yeah, Liam's on it in, uh, that, in the chat. To me, that, to me, that's a similar of repeating something that has been proven time and time again. At Even if you go with the average, look at all the defensemen signed around Darnell Nurse. Mm-hmm. The average contract was 8.65. So you think the $600,000 is why the orders are in cap hell? Give your head a shake. Yeah, no, that is, it's definitely not the problem. And yeah, the flat cap, I like what you said. It's an excuse. I mean, you think the Toronto Maple Leafs are sitting there thrilled with the flat cap? Rattle off every contending team. Like yeah. the Avs have to let JT Comper walk this offseason. Had to get creative with other things. Like the flat cap is hurting everyone. It's not like it's just a unique to the Oilers situation. No, the key is you have to, you have like last year. Mm-hmm. All the bets they made on short-term deals, they got really good value on those players. So that, now that's hard to, to have happen again. But like Clem Costin, remember the trade? Even some people like, what? They gave up some work off and they were complaining about it. How'd that work out, right? Mm-hmm. He was a, a, a league minimum salary player, scored 10 goals for you. It was great. You look at Derek Ryan's production, fine. Matthias Janmark's production, fine. Right. Like they all their bottom guys were pretty much, you know, Ryan McLeod at 800 K fine. Now you're not going to get that this year, but you're going to have to go out and find some guy 900 K. And then you're going to have to really hope that they are productive for you. That's just the reality in a cap world is every team looks for guys who can outperform their cheap contracts. Yeah. Uh, interesting stuff going on in the Facebook comments as well. So I want to get to a few of these. Avery is in and says the more likely action is coming at the deadline, not in the off season when the free agent market is one of the worst of the last two decades. And then Mike chimed in and said the rental market at the deadline won't be good. So you got to make some action right now. And I, I disagree. I agree with the first one from Avery. I think right now there's probably not a lot Ken Holland can do. As much as people would love for him to go make a big splash, you only have so many bullets. You only have so many picks that you can trade from next year. You only have so many high-end prospects in the system. You don't know how the season's going to play out. This team, as it's currently constructed, as it was constructed last year, it's good enough to be in the hunt. They will be a playoff team come the trade deadline. They are, they're going to make the playoffs next season. What happens, and I know people don't love to think about this, happens if three or four months into the season, one of your top six guys goes down with an injury. Boom, LTIR space, boom, then you have a clear need. What happens mm-hmm. if one of your top four defensemen goes down with a long-term injury? Boom, you have cap space, boom, you have a clear need. Right now, do you want to go move next year's first and all of that and move Xavier Borgo and bring in a piece to have them right from the jump? Or see how the year plays out. See what your needs are. See what kind of step Dylan Holloway takes. See the kind of step that 
Philip Broberg could potentially take if they give him enough minutes. Like, I, I think the idea of just sitting back and waiting, I understand it's frustrating for some fans, but that's probably the play here. So the one point you mentioned, while well, the deadline, it, it, there won't be a lot of people. Let's just look at some of the current UFAs mm-hmm. who, unless they sign extensions. Yeah. Now I'm not talking big because I'm uh, obviously Austin Matthews is not somebody that uh, you're going to be acquiring. <laughs> but but look at some of the other names: Matt Zuccarello, right? Uh, Anthony Mantha, uh, Adam Henrique, Jordan Eberle, Tevu Teravainen, Michael Backlund, uh, Brady Shea. Now he's probably going to be on a, on a playoff team, right? So uh, Tom Wilson, like, what if the Capitals? What if they stay? Are uh, are are as bad as some people think they're going to be, right? Like, there's lots of guys, and the other thing is, Matthias Ekholm. No one thought he was going to be available. Heck, he wasn't really available before then. So you don't, I think it's way too premature to suggest that the deadline, there is not going to be quality players there. I I find teams are more aggressive at the dead and consider that the salary cap is going to be jumping up significantly Mm. the following year. You might have teams now who are like, okay, we're, we know we can take this guy even as a little bit higher now because we got way more cap room coming in the future. Yeah. Right. And so I, I think, I actually think the deadline next year might be busier than we've seen. Yeah. Cause teams will know the flexibility that's, uh, that's coming in the summer. Uh, we threw up that poll earlier in the show and said, pick one Fogel at 2.75 or Costin at 1.75. It was very close, but 60% of you sided with Klim Costin at 1.75 million. So we'll close off the poll there. Once again, shout out to star mechanical, star mechanical.ca for that one. Um, Danger Suede had the idea. He says, pull a Vegas, dress less players in the first half of the season, accumulate cap space. I am not nearly smart enough to understand how that works. So I couldn't tell you if that's even an idea. What does he say? Dress less players in the first half of the season and accumulate more cap space as well, you go. Well, I don't know how that it, works. it wouldn't be dress. Yeah. He'd be, he's saying carry a 22 man roster instead of a 23 man roster, uh, which is what Edmonton did last year. Yep. Um, and they could do it like the they're order, probably going to have to. Yeah. They're probably even. Even if they go with 22, like they're not going to have a boatload of cap space to begin with. So um, I think they will be carrying 22. Basically, what accruing cap space is, Tyler. So let's say it's 83.5 mil, and you have every day that you are under. Now that just it says that your cap is, let's say you have 82.5, mm-hmm. but you're gaining that space all year long. So you end up having a little bit more cap space come at the deadline. I think a million dollars ends up being like a four million dollar player in actual AAV. Yeah. Right. So. That's the benefit of it. And the orders haven't been in that situation because they've been starting the season in LTIR for the last few years due to Clefbaum and, and Smith. So that's um that's that's an that's the ideal option. The orders have openly talked about that. So I fully expect them to want to hopefully be accruing cap space. But that plan can go out the window fairly quickly, as you mentioned, if suddenly you get anybody with a significant contract who goes on LTIR. Yep. Uh Mainlander Tim said, why not trade some of your picks this year for picks next year, saying the second rounder, like trade the second this year for the second next year. I, I think the Oilers want to add a prospect to the system, right? They don't want to go an entire draft where they don't pick until round six and seven. You probably want to get a piece added back into the system here and have something to show for this deep draft. You know what, uh, Tim, it's interesting because I actually asked Tyler right that question. Oh, really? Him and I were talking about it. I'm going to have it up tomorrow before uh, round two when the orders are, are probably going to be a little bit more uh, into the draft yeah, tonight yeah. where they'll do nothing. And he said, hey, in theory, yes. The problem is how many times has that happened? And he can remember one in recent history. I think he said it was the 
the Penguins and the Islanders, where they traded a second rounder for a second round of the following year. Yeah. It's, it's very, very rare. Because I looked and I couldn't find it. And I'd ask him, like, hey, like, I didn't want to go through every transaction <laughs> just for something like that. But he's, he could only come up with one that he remembered. So um, is it something that you would think about? Sure. Is it likely? Probably not. There's much more likelihood that they would trade back and have two picks from it in this year's draft. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the AMA Travel Trade Machine for today. We are down here in Nashville, all because of our friends at AMA Travel. Uh, check them out, amatravel.ca. Here's one. It involves Alex Debrinkat. It involves the Detroit Red Wings. Gregor, who says no? Debrinkat for Philip Zadina and 17th overall. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hmm. If you're the Sens, you still add a, a young yeah. player back. You get 17th yeah. overall. You're going to make a pick. It's like, you like you're up. getting less in theory yeah. than what you than what you gave up to get him mm-hmm. a year ago. So Sens probably don't like that. Like Zadina to me is like he came in with a lot of hype and promise, and you know he's, he, the guy can shoot the puck. Let's mm-hmm. make like he's got a shot. He's a he's a high volume shooter. That's you know what. I might, uh, I might, I might. Can I say that? I might be. Uh, Frank says no one says no to it. Yeah. So that that's a trade that both sides yeah. would make. Yeah. Like I, I can see the upside for both. I think Detroit to me, uh, like I think Ottawa would push though for the number nine because they gave up the seven. Now they might not get it, but I think they would push for that first. Now Zadina is a former number six overall pick, which is obviously much higher than the second and the third rounder, but he hasn't played yet like that. Like you're where you got drafted five years ago to me is irrelevant. It's what have you been yeah. doing in the NHL? And But we've seen a, a litany of players who, when they get to that second team, for whatever reason, it's like, oh, I, maybe I'm out of my comfort zone. Maybe I get like the light goes off. I got to do things different yeah. or there's just a better message. So, you know what? That one, it makes some sense because I, th- I think Detroit's a team that wants to add a legit player. Mm-hmm. And I thought it might be at number nine because we've seen trades there, but 17, you know what? Uh, I'd have no problem with them making that trade. Uh, Jones is in. What would you, would you say? Yeah, I I think that, I think it'd get done. I I think that's right around there. Again, it's not quite what Ottawa gave up for him, but 
you know, a first, second, third to get back a good pick, a pick in a real good draft and you get a young roster player. I, I think that's fine. Uh, Jones is in and says, how about this for an idea? We put a big cap hit on IR trade for another player then pull the other player off IR for the first playoff game. I don't know if anyone's ever done that before, but I have a funny feeling the NHL wouldn't allow it. Right. Right. All right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what do you think about this? The free agency is coming up in like three days. Mm-hmm. That is kind of mind blowing because we're so wrapped up in the draft and trade talk. But like, you know, the Oilers, they'll be nibbling around the edges. What would you think about a guy like Nick Benino as a Buke status? Mm-hmm. Kinda, nope. You're out on Benino. No, can't skate. Doesn't bring enough. No, no, that, I, that, no. That's a good point. If I you know, have a guy like Derek Ryan in your bottom six, you probably don't want yeah, to get I, even I, slower. And Nick Benito's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife's from St. Albert, but um, I, I just think the foot speed at this stage of his career is not what Edmonton's looking for in their bottom six. Like all the other stuff he has, experience, playoff experience, really good guy in the room, everything like that. But for the style that Edmonton plays, I don't think he has the foot speed. Um, Taves to Edmonton. What about that? If he was a million bucks, he's got to decide to play. We haven't heard anything. Is he healthy enough to play? Yeah. Right. Uh, Like I know that obviously the advantage the orders have with Taves is that Duncan Keith raved about coming to Edmonton, right? Playing with McDavid and dry all the facilities, everything you have there. You know, I I think the orders, the orders aren't looked upon, like they're looked upon very differently than they were for many years. Since Ken Holland's come in, there's I think they're they're considered more of a professional organization in a lot of ways. They're not perfect. Let me make that clear. They're not perfect, right? Frank uh, has outlined uh, how small their staff is when it comes to management. That's something that probably could be addressed and should Mm -hmm. be addressed. But from a player viewpoint, you know, you have McDavid and Drysaddle. You have two of the elite players in the game, right? Uh, Jonathan Taves would come here, be a very specific role, but. Where's his health at and, and where's his where's his mental health at? I think as much as his physical health. Uh, but for a million bucks, I'd probably roll the dice on Taves for a million bucks. Yeah, I'd, I I, I, it'd be a low risk signing in my eyes. Uh, let's bring in our pal Liam to wrap up the show with a little Betway draft talk since we are down here in Nashville. Liam, we're not going to be doing a show tomorrow before the second through seventh rounds of the draft. We're going to be doing one after. So the show will be about an hour later than usual. But I want to ask you, as you study this stuff, you're big into the prospects. Give me your official prediction. Who are the Oilers taking at 56 tomorrow? I I would actually like it if they took Lind, but he doesn't fit fully because he's a left-handed shot. But I think just the energy he's able to bring to the game is something that I think Oilers fans would really like. I put that question out to the Oilers Nation audience too. And a lot of people came back and said Lynn, but a ton of people also said, do you want the Oilers to draft a goaltender with the 56 overall pick? And if you look at Stephen Ellis's list, there's a few guys there. Fowler is one who I believe was the USHL goaltender of the year. So if I had to put my bet in there, I think the Oilers should take Lynn. I think he's just kind of kind of a good fit. And he also played with uh, their recent signing group in Red Deer the last few years. So maybe there's something there. Steven Ellis kept bringing up the idea to me of the Oilers picking a goalie at 56 with mm-hmm. Stuart Skinner there. You know, they got guys like Fanti and stuff in the system. Well, Olivier Rodrigue had a pretty good year. Yeah, yeah, I don't see a reason to take a goalie personally. No, I'm not at 56. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it maybe in the sixth or the seventh round, yeah. but I'd be take a European goalie too, someone who's just going to be playing overseas, maybe not even necessarily in your North American system. Sure. Yeah, yeah I, I'd be surprised if they took a goalie at 56. Mm-hmm. They, they took one last year too in the sixth round in, in Johansson, I believe his name is too. Yeah. So they would have four goalies under the age of 25 and 24 in their organization. It just doesn't seem something necessary for 56. 
Yeah, I hope they whoever they take in the second round is here. It would be nice to actually get a chance to yeah. chat with them and do all of that. Because well, most of the second rounders yeah, usually are, most of the second rounders are at the draft. Most of them, unless yeah. now I know there was lots that were having trouble getting here because yeah. of all of the uh, travel uh, snarls and snafus due to the uh, the East Coast weather. So I haven't got an update if uh, how many of those have arrived or not. But uh, <laughs> I know last night uh, they were talking about you know guys trying to find ways that they could pay somebody to drive them here. Yeah, because so. it's like a twelve hour drive I think from uh, from Toronto down here or something like that. Um, so a bunch of prospects. Yeah, we're stuck and trying to figure out how to go. Um, some people were saying Oliver Bonk is the pick mm-hmm. that they want to go at. Liam, I I think he'll be off the board by the time the Oilers pick at fifty six. No. Yeah, I saw people saying that earlier on. I think he's more of an early second round guy than a than a late second round guy, to be honest. But the thing is, like, it sounds like there's going to be a ton of players available there for the Oilers at 56. If, I, honestly, a lot of like Western Hockey League guys too. I think a lot of people on our chat might be familiar with, and also like. The others don't have that Ontario scout, right? And since Hen- Ken Holland came into well, the job, they took one. They've only taken one player in the OHL since Ken Holland came in. And I know yeah. people go to the OHL, but it's a nice little joke. Yeah, I, it's um, like I've talked to the scouts, and I've actually talked to guys who um, who are outside the orders organization. They say they they have lots of guys that are scouting the Ontario <laughs> Hockey League. They just don't have like the official title the official or whatever title. it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, looking over at Betway for some ways that maybe we can get in on the action today, Liam, since, uh, well, since the Oilers aren't going to be in on a lot of action, what do we think? It's spicy. The line is moving a bit. Matt V. Mitchkov, seven to one to go second overall. It's really dropped because it was 11 to one yesterday. Yeah. So it's moving a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I, his over under is set at four and a half. So either goes one, two, three, fourth overall or after fourth overall. That's a tough line. That's a tough line. But Mitchkov's the story of the draft, and you can get in on the action at Betway. Liam, where do you think he goes? I I think I I would actually love to see him in Anaheim. To be honest, I think just to kind of shake up the draft a little bit. I don't think he goes any lower than Philly, which is kind of the generic answer to it, right? But I'm I'm yeah. curious about three now. Is Will Smith the guy who's the odds-on favorite to go there? Because I know Leo Carlson is kind of a guy who everyone Not assumed, and now it's Will Smith. Yeah, if Antilles yeah, still available, then all of a sudden you're looking at him. So, but Leo Carlson is minus two fifty, Liam, to take that spot. What's so what's Will Smith at three? Apparently that's picked up some momentum today, too. Plus two hundred. I don't hate Mitch, I don't know. Mitch, Mitchkov to go exactly fifth overall at plus two twenty seems like a decent bet. Either Montreal likes him or Montreal trades that pick. Or if you're looking on your screen right now, this is what Stephen Ellis has mocked up earlier in the day. And he's he's thinking kind of like you. Mitchkov to four. It makes it would make a lot of sense oh. there too. Yeah, I, honestly, it's yeah. funny to sit there. And just he makes sense everywhere because he's that damn good. Yeah, he is. He's a really good player. Yeah. And um, like I said, to me, the thing that makes him the most attractive is you have built-in idiot proofing. Yeah, you can't rush him, and teams do it. Time like we could just go in the last six years and mention how many young yeah. guys were. And lots of different guys who are like, oh, no, this organization's really good. Oh, yeah? Not when it comes to 18-year-olds and like, ooh, here's a shiny new toy. Let's bring them in. And how many of them had success? Yeah. How many? Like, it's not a teenager league. It just, there's a few unicorns, McDavid, Crosby, sure. But, you know, Austin Matthews, although he was 19, um, it's just, it's it's not a teenager league. Uh, league for the for the vast majority of players like yeah. i like i looked at 
at Owen Power, the benefit of him, you know, they didn't rush him. They came in, he gets a year later. And Look, he had a great year. Yeah. Like mm. massive difference. So you're going to get Meechkov for a few years. Who cares? You're not going to be good anyway. Yeah. So now when you get him, you should hopefully be a little bit better. And now you're going to get unreal value for all three years on your ELC. Not just like, oh. When he's 22 to 25 yes. years old, potentially 21, 24. It's crazy. Uh, anyway, shout out to Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Download the app now. Liam, you enjoy uh, the first round of the draft tonight, buddy. I will. I'm excited, but I'm more excited about tomorrow. I will be, uh, yes, I will be on the draft floor posting a ton of social content for our friends at AMA Travel. So make sure you follow along on uh, the Oilers Nation Instagram gonna, and my are Instagram. Are you going to comb your hair or? Yeah, well, I because I've never seen a guy so frazzled that you know. Like, by the way, do you and Jay like have like a little? Do you guys share your gel? Like, what's going on here? Well, we like, you guys have your own rooms, but all of a sudden it's like I don't have my gel. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. So before the awards, Jay realized he couldn't wear a hat, so he texted me. He's like, "I didn't pack any hairspray." I was like, "Why would you think I have hairspray? I have hair gel." So I gave it to Jay, and then he was. He partied too hard last night. I was texting him this morning, being like, wake up. I need my hair gel to do the live shows. And then he didn't wake up. So I went with the hat and I was rattled because I didn't think my hair looked good, but whatever. Yeah. I don't think your hair looks like it's not that terrible. Yeah, it's fine. I I got a decent head of hair. Uh, Anyways, Jason Gregor's appearances on the show brought to you by Papa John's. Promo code Gregor gets 25% off. And The Brick, it's their Canada Day Sale. You can find out more at thebrick.com, up to 25% off sectionals. If you're in the market for a new sectional, The Brick's Canada Day Sale, that's where you want to go. That's where you want to be. Also, Star Mechanical, AMA Travel, Sherwood Ford, The Giant. And of course, as always, we're live to you from the Sports Closet Studio. Find them online at sportscloset.ca. Liam, you enjoy round one. Gregor and I got to get going because Chris Faber and Canucks Army needs to slide into this chair right away. So uh, Liam, enjoy the draft. Everybody else, we'll be back tomorrow an hour later. We're going to be going live after the NHL draft concludes. So hit the subscribe button. You'll get notified. We'll chat with you tomorrow after the Oilers make a few picks. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.